This is KMTT, Kimit Zion Tetzei Torah. Today is Wednesday, and we have the weekly shiur in Agadot Avraham. This is Ezubek. Very often, we've seen in the past as well, that Chazal in the Medrashim related to Avraham Avinu as a model for Klal Yisrael. And I'd like to read today a Medrash which explicitly does that. But in advance, I, I want to warn you that I think the pshat is, and I'll, we'll see how this takes place, it's not that on the level of drush they're ignoring the individual called Avraham Avinu and simply seeing Avraham Avinu as a stand-in for the Jewish people. Now, the Zodah Midrash was really describing the classic Jew rather than Avraham Avinu. I think the Chazal really believed that the personal life of Avraham Avinu sets the tone, sets the stage, sets the the actual reality of Am Yisrael. And things which took place to Avraham Avinu on a personal level become true for Am Yisrael because they are B'nai Avraham, B'nai Avraham Yitzhak B'Yakov. This is the principle that was uh, publicized by the Ramban, Maseh Avot Siman Libanim. It's not just a a, a way for the Torah, or the way for the Midrash, rather, to say things but Amisal. It's not just the Jewish that they want to say. But Chazal genuinely believed that Avraham Avinu is creating, together with God, new models, new reality, and that's the reality in which, in which we live. And for today's Midrash, I wanted to uh, relate to the very beginning of the Brit, it's called Brit Ben Abtarim, before the actual Brit Ben Abtarim. After Ram Avinu had asked God, where are my future children? Will I have future children? You've not given me any children at all. And then it says in the Pasuk, God took him out and told him to look up, look up at the sky, and he said to him, your children, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Okay, so the Midrash we're talking about, Parsha Mem Dalit, Midrash Yudbet, is on the words, Vayotzei Oto Hachutza, and God took him outside. And the question is obvious. The, the basis for the Midrash is clear. Outside from where? Now, it's possible that Avraham Avinu was inside a tent when this took place, and therefore God had to take him outside in order to look up to the sky and see the stars. But since that wasn't mentioned beforehand that he was inside, there's really no need to say now that he took him outside. I mean, it might have actually happened that way, but there's no reason for the Pasuk to tell us that unless it's interested in the in the movement. And in fact, it doesn't say before that he's inside. Um, so why now does it say, Rabbi Yoshua de Sachnin b'shem Rabbi Levi. B'chim yichutz la'olam otziyo. He took him out, out of where? Out of the world. Shenemar katu v'yotzei oto ha'chutza. Ela... So he says that he didn't take him anywhere. Vayotze means he pointed, he showed him the the marketplaces of the sky. In other words, Achutza means to the sky, but he didn't actually, Rabbi Yeshua is not yet able, and the just is going to continue, but is not yet willing to interpret as being in some sort of a nearly impossible miracle that Avraham Avinu was the first astronaut 
So he says, Vayotzei oto hachutza, means el hachutzt, he took him out towards the outside, he showed him the marketplaces of the sky, the galaxies, and the word chutz means space. Hadaud ichtiv, ad lo asa eretz vechutzot. This pasuk is being interpreted here as eretz vechutzot. Eretz means the world, the the earth, and therefore vechutzot means the outer limits of the earth, meaning the sky. But the next midrash will simply take it one step further. And that creates a situation in which you're interested. Amar Rabbi Yehuda b'shem Rabbi Yochanan He'ela oto lemala mikipat ha-rakiyah Ba'yotzei oto ha-chutza Literally, in other words, the pshat of Rabbi Yehoshua is correct. Ha-chutza means to the sky, but not towards the sky, but to the sky. In fact, outside of everything. It's called chutz here, not because it's the the outer areas of the center, meaning the earth, but it's called Chutzah because it's outside of everything. He took him out above the sky. Not to the sky, but in fact above the sky. So the word Chutzah means something else. Chutz doesn't mean the sky, the place where the stars are. It doesn't mean the heavens, but it means outside the heavens, outside of everything. The only thing which could be outside of everything, I think we should realize right away, is the point of view of God Himself. By definition, everything in the world is in some way in the world. And if Rabbi uh, Yehuda interprets Achutza meaning outside of everything, the Mala Mikipatarakia, above the dome of the sky in, in, in ancient astronomy. So the fixed stars were in a sphere, and he took them out above even that sphere. It means he's no longer part of this world at all. And we'll see the importance of this in a second. Hela Oto, the Mala Mikipatarakia. He brings a proof from the following expression. He took him outside and said to him, Look towards the sky. He claims, with uh, something which does need to be checked, that the word habata, to look, to peer, is always from above to below. And therefore, habet nahashamayim, we have to be above the sky. Now, what does that mean? Why do you take him outside of everything? Not at all clear from the statement, but the next statement, even though it's somebody else, and I think it's obviously the Pshat in Rabbi Yehuda as well. Rabbanan Amri, Navi Ata Ve'ein At Astrogolus. This statement does not explain the Pasuk, and therefore it must be explained the statement of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbanan say that God said to him, that was explaining what it means. When he took him outside of everything, that itself is a statement saying, Naviat, you are a prophet, and you are not a astrologer. God had said to Abimelech that Abimelech is a Navi. Now the juxtaposition here is interesting. There are two possibilities in what you can be. You can be either a prophet, or you can be an astrologer. Comparison is based on that both of them predict the future. One by reading into the stars. And I think it's perfectly acceptable for us to translate this Midrash from astrology into science. Astrology in the ancient world is simply a very effective form of, of scientific prediction. 
In other words, there are forces of nature which if you understand them, you will know it's going to take place tomorrow, like, like, like weather forecasting. So there are two ways to know what's going to take place in the future. One is to examine the physical, scientific causes of phenomena. And the other way is to speak to God. Navi and astrologus are parallel means of giving a person security, giving a person understanding of where he's going and what's going to take place. God says to Avraham Avinu, when he is above the stars, Navi at ve'en at astrogolus. In other words, Avraham Avinu has expressed a fear of his future. That's the background to this conversation. He says, I have no children. What's going to be? The only person in my house is the Mesek Eliezer. You promised me a future, but where is the future? The future is not, doesn't seem to be taking place. And then God takes him outside of everything. Now, I think it's so important to understand this Midrash in its fully extreme manner. He didn't take him to the stars, but above the stars, because the stars here is a symbol of the inexorable forces of destiny. It's a symbol of causation, physical causation, which is what runs the world. Avinu is taken above the stars. As I said, he's basically in the place where only God exists. He's no longer part of the world. Everything in the world is ruled by the rules of the world, what we call the laws of nature. Avinu is above it all. He's above the stars. Why? Because the Navi at ve'en at astrogolis. To understand the exact nature of this answer to Avinu's question, we have to read a Midrash, which uh, was one Midrash back. Hashem Dalid, Midrash Yud. Before God took him outside and showed him the stars and said, you'll be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Avinu said to God, Behold, you have not given me any seed, any children. And apparently the Midrash is bothered by the fact that Avinu I mean, how does he know? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the day after. It's true, his wife is no longer young, but, uh, you know, anything's possible. Hein li lo natata zera. Amar Rabbi Shmur bar Rabbi Yitzhak, hamazal dochkeni v'yomer li Avram ein at molid. Rabbi Yitzhak said that Avram Avinu's statement, hein li lo natata zera, you have not given me any children, was not his own surmise, but was based on, in fact, his reading of the stars. You could say, again, into modern translation, his understanding of his own situation. He's figured out that he is not, uh, he's not fertile. He would not have children. Hamazal dochkeni, the, the star, mazalot, the astrological signs, is pressing me and saying to me, Avram, ein at molid. Let me finish this midrash, which the answer here is, is interesting, although it's not the answer that we have in the next midrash. They already started reading, God said to him, true, you're absolutely right. Avram lo molid, Avraham molid. The stars aren't lying. Avram, Aleph Bet Reishmem, will not have any children, but don't worry. Avraham, your new name, your new personality, molid. Sarai ishtecha, lo tikashma sarai, sarai lo teled, sarah teled. You know, this Midrash is giving us a perspective on why God changed their names. God changed their names in order to free them from the inexorable destiny of the stars, of of the laws of nature. Going back to the Midrash we began with, Avraham Avinu had said 
my astrological readings say I will not have children. And God says to them, Naviat, ve'ain at astrologus. So what do you care about astronomy? You are above the stars. The stars do not affect you. Now how are we to understand this? When God takes Avambinu outside, is he changing Avraham? Or is he showing him something? Obviously we are all going to be living underneath the stars in terms of our physical uh, position. So by is he's giving him the true perspective, despite the difference in height, the stars are high and you are low, but you are really above them, or is he in fact taking him outside? He is removing him from the domination of the stars. The Rush I just read that said, Avram Eino Molid, Avraham Molid, I think should interpret as saying that God is changing Avraham. He's giving him a new name, making him a new personality. And this I think is carried forth by the continuation of the Midrash. And I want to read the words very carefully because Muslim Fashim interpret this Midrash, I think, not according to the Prat. And I want to point this out. The Midrash continues, after it says that Navi at ve'in at astrogolis, you are Navi and not astrologer, the Midrash continues, Bimei yir miyahu bikshu Yisrael lavoli dei midazu literally translated means in the days of Yirmiyahu the Jews Israel uh, wished sought to enter into this attribute this law meaning the law of astrology the law of destiny but God did not allow them Yimayahu says to the Jews, when the, on the eve of their going into Galut, leaving Israel to go to, to go to Bavel, he says to them, do not learn from the non-Jews, and do not fear the signs of the heavens. Avraham, your father also sought to enter into this state, this rule. And I did not allow him. Now the Mephashim on, on the page, I'm using the, the, the standard edition of the Josh Rabbah, say that, what does it mean, Bikesh? They didn't Bikesh, they didn't seek to be subject to the stars. Why would anybody seek that? They interpret to me that they, they feared that that would happen. The Jews are going into exile. So the theological position exists that says that in Eretz Israel, God is in charge of you. But outside of Eretz Israel, God is not in charge of you. The stars are in charge of you. It's not that crazy an opinion the Ramban is famous for maintaining exactly that opinion. Ramban maintains that in the way of the rule of the world, Eretz Yisrael is under God's domination and the rest of the world is under God's emissaries, sarim or kochavim, princes, meaning angels or stars. Uh, so it's, it's metaphysically a, at least a possibility. So they feared that now that they were going into Galut, they would lose the direct connection with God. God said to them, do not fear it won't take place. Do not fear the signs of heaven because you still remain directly under God's domination and you're above the stars. And of course, the reason to say that is because of the comparison to Avraham. The Midrash says, Your father Abraham sought to enter into this rule, the rule of destiny. Now how can we say that Avraham Avinu wanted to be merely a fact of nature. He wasn't excited. He wasn't desirous of being above. Nonetheless, although this is the perush I see of the Fetar and, and of the of Zavot, the two major perushim on the standard uh, Medrash Rabbah, 
It's not what it says. Midrash twice has the words Bikshu Lavo. They sought to come, and that's proven. Although the word Bikesh might mean something else, but God says below Hiniyachlem, and God did not allow them. The language is clearly indicating that God does not allow those who wish to. And this raises an interesting question, first of all, about the Jews in the time of Yimiyahu, and, and secondly, about Avraham Avinu. It might appear to us that this is clearly a bracha. God is giving Avraham Avinu a, a really special status. You're above the stars. You're not subject to natural law. Who would turn something like that down? I think the Medrash is aware, perhaps painfully aware, that to the human mind, it might be preferable to live in a regime of natural law. At least, you know what's going to happen. You, you, you can count on natural law. When you strike a match, a fire comes out. And that security is very important to people. Direct rule by God. Being above natural law is a very frightening and, and disconcerting status. It's true that in our case, God has promised of Abinu, you will have children. Very nice. If you're a Navi, so you get the security from Nevu'ah. Suppose there isn't a Navi. Or even if you are a Navi, how do you know that Nevu'ah always will come to you? It's all very nice if you have a, a, a foolproof method of knowing what takes place tomorrow. But the only foolproof method of knowing what takes tomorrow is natural law. Assuming natural law applies to you. And I think the Medrash is telling us that there's a natural human tendency. The Jews, bismana chuban, okay, not, not when they were, not that when it was going well, but when the Beit HaMikdash is in flames and they are going into exile, so they're no longer confident enough. They, they, not confident. They, they know that God is not going to take care of them in the way to which they're accustomed. I mean, he's throwing them out of Eretz Israel. He's casting them to the wolves, so to speak. And therefore, they wish to be able to rely on destiny, natural law, the stars, whatever it is that one can rely on. And God says, "Uh -uh. times will be bad. It's not the good times. But still, lo hini yachlehem. You don't have that option. Not because natural law doesn't exist. You have been taken out. That's why they reference back to Vamavino. It's not that God is telling them some new metaphysical law that says that there's no such thing as natural law. Of course there's natural law. But you have been taken out. You've been relieved. You've been freed in all of the liberating yet terrifying nature of being freed from natural law. And the Drash is warning us, you and I, to resist the, the desire to live a simpler, less expansive, less free life. Freedom is terror. Freedom scares people. And the kind of radical freedom that God gives to Avinu is the most terrifying of all. And therefore we need to be warned that you will, at times, wish to be freed of this freedom, to go back to the comforting yoke of scientific law 
a natural destiny, but God won't allow you to. And in fact, the Medrash says it even about Avam Avinu. And Avam Avinu said, Hain lo natata li zara. He wasn't just stating what, he, what appeared to him to be a fact. He was saying, look, this is the situation. It's not what I expected. It's not what you promised me. But of course it's not going to be changed. Avam Avinu seems to be expressing a certain amount of, how to put it, even acceptance. Perhaps even more than acceptance of the fact that Hain lo natata li zara hamazal dochaki. And God says to him, no, there's no such thing as a mazal. Ein mazal Yisrael, the famous expression. There are no stars. There is no destiny. Inexorable, physical destiny for Yisrael. Now the Midrash continues with a number of practical uh, considerations which perhaps somewhat balance out the picture. Amar Levi Ad the sandala baraglach daris kuba. There are a few interpretations of this phrase. I think the best one means, while the shoe is on your feet, trample down the thorns. In other words, the Vamabinu is above the stars. God says to him, trample the stars. What's the reason? Why, why should you trample the thorns when you have a shoe on your feet? So later on, when the shoe is not on your foot, you can walk there anyhow. If you only walk in the thorns when you have shoes on, when you don't have shoes on, you can't walk there. But if you take advantage of the fact that you have shoes to trample the thorns, then you can walk there even without. In other words, this is what I said beforehand. Abba Mavinu is trampling the stars so that we, who are not Nevi'im, it's all very nice to say, Abba Mavinu, at Naviv, ain't at but what about us? So the Midrash says that God said, Abba Mavinu, trample the stars so that later on, when you won't have the comfort of Nevu'ah, you won't have the shoes that allow you to trample the thorns. But nonetheless, the Jews will be able to walk there. Those who are underneath them, the stars, fear them. But you who are above them, now trample them, crush them. The Midrash continues with practical advice, which I think balances the picture. One might think that, okay, the Midrash said that, that's it, there's nothing, there's no such thing as destiny. The Rosh says, no, no, no. There are three things which destroy, which cancel bad decrees. In other words, there are bad decrees. And the decrees come from wherever they come from. But you can change those decrees. We all are familiar with this from the prayer of Tanatokef on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And the quotes of Pasuk to prove it, um, which I'm going to skip. Midrash continues, and other other things. Of Huna Bar Yosef, Amar Af Shinui Shemu Maisetov, changing your name can destroy, can cancel the evil decree, or doing good deeds. Shinui Hashem Me Avraham, Od Shimcha Avram. As we saw, the change in Avram's name, which God changed his name, freed him from the bad decree. Of course. What Rabbi Huna Bar Rabbi Yosef is saying is to change your own name, and that can help to change you. So, of course, all the Fashim explained this means it's not a trick, it's not a magical trick. Changing a name is part of doing tshuva. If you're a new person, you deserve a new name. You can't just change your name without being a new person. If you're a new person, then of course, uh, but human beings or Jews have the ability to become totally new people. From how do I know that? Or what in fact created the possibility? Avraham became a totally new person. He became Avraham where previously he had been Avram. 
ויש אומרים אף שינוי מקום, שנאמר ביום השם על אברהם לך לך. אברהם left, went to a new place. סיימא ידיע. רב מונא אמר אף התענית, שנאמר יענך השם ביום צרה. רבא בא מחסה, רב חמא בר גוריון בשם רב אמר יפה תענית לחלום כאש בנאות. Five or six things which can help to destroy Ibu Dekris, Tefillah, prayer, charity, and tshuva, and changing one's name, and doing good deeds, and changing one's place, or fasting. What does it all add up to? It means that there are stars, and the stars perhaps have a bad decree for you. There is physical law, there is physical nature. And why... It's allowed to rule is a good question, but it doesn't concern us. The whole world, anything that's in the natural world, which is everything, is subject to natural law. But you can rise above the stars. Again, it's not a metaphysical insight. It's a practical means of redemption. You can free yourself from the stars, as Avam Avinu was freed by God, by more or less following in the steps of Avam Avinu. And that is... תפילת, צדקה ותשובה, etc, etc, etc. To be freed of natural law means that anything is possible. Something which is very hard for modern minds to accept because we've been completely founded, we've been completely bounded by our study of science and the metaphysical assumption of science that it cannot be changed The laws are laws. To the ancient mind, that was called the rule of the stars. Stars are above, anything below them is subject to them. But Avraham Avinu and Banav and the Jewish people have the ability to be above the stars. The stars have been trampled by Avraham and therefore you have no need to fear them because, the Midrash says, there are things you can do. And that is a special segula, it's a special trait of Am, of Am Yisrael. Again, the Midrash here is discussing a pasuk that was set of Am Avinu and views it as being a radical transformation of the relationship between the world and the Jews. You're not of the world, but you're at least potentially beyond the world. above the world, above the outermost sphere of the stars. I stress the word potentially. As the Midrash says, you have to use the right method, you have to do tshuva. Your nature as it is now has sunk to be part of the world, but you can change your nature. By changing your nature, you are free. The very fact that you can change your nature is itself an exception to the rule that says that everything has, follows natural law. How can you change your nature from scratch? How can you become a new person? That, in, in effect, in the end, it's not that you can do miracles. Understanding this Midrash is saying that human beings or Jews have the, the ability to clap their hands and do miracles distorts the Midrash entirely. You have the ability to become a totally new person, which is why the Midrash runs into Tfilat Tzedakah Uchuvah. Becoming a new person is being outside of the stars. Once you become a new person, the stars are irrelevant, irrelevant to you. I'd like to conclude by reading a different Midrash. Uh, which is not directly related to this one, but uh, I think is a fitting conclusion. Going back a bit to Midrash Hay, Parashat Memdalad, Midrash Hay, referring once again to what Abba Mavinu was worried about, why this whole, the whole 
background to Brit Bina Tarim is Avam Avinu's disquiet. And so based on a, on a Midrashic rule about Achar HaDvarim HaEle, what's between Achar and Acharei, so Ravuna said that Achar means immediately after what took place before. And what took place before and Achar HaDvarim, after the words, after Hihurei Dvarim. There was something which is missing from the story, something is in Avam Avinu's mind, and that's why God speaks to him. What was in Avraham Avinu's mind? So this midrash will make up. Okay, but the pasuk implies that something is is going on in Avraham Avinu's mind. Therefore, God speaks to him. What did he? What was in his mind? Mi hirher Avraham hirher. Avraham Avinu was was thinking, was musing. Amar lifanav Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ribon haolamim. Karata brit im Noach sheincha mechale et banav. Amadti v'sigarti mitzvot u'masim tovim yotem imenu v'dachta briti lebrita. Avraham says to God, Noach, remember Noach? You made a Brit with Noach. He was your, he was your man in this world. The, the content of the Brit was that you will not ever destroy his children. But the, the point is that, that you had a Brit, you had a covenant with Noach. I came along and I did more mitzvot than Noach. That's what it says in Midrash. Amati v'sigalti mitzvot u'masim tovim. And my covenant took the place of his covenant. In other words, Avraham was saying, look, I've transplanted Noach as being the focus of God's presence in the world. So if that's true, that even though you've promised me, but if someone comes who's better than I, you will transfer your affection, you will transfer your covenant to him. I think after what we said in the beginning of today's Shia, I think we understand this even better. In other words, there isn't any natural law, but there is divine favor. The opposite of natural law is just being close to God. But being close to God is dependent completely on maintaining a constant relationship with God. It's much more difficult, much more ominous than natural law. Natural law, if the sun shines, it will be shining tomorrow. But to rely on God's favor means you constantly have to maintain it's a personal relationship. Which is why it is so fearful. Because who knows what will take place tomorrow. So Abraham Binu is saying, how do I know that I won't be supplanted? Of course I know what the rule is. The rule is not natural law. It's the rule of mitzvot. Masim tovim. God loves those who serve Him. But maybe someone will serve Him better. So God says to him that it's okay. Okay, the answer is less important than the question. God says even if your children will not be worthy, there will always be some tzaddikim from your children. I promise you that it will take place. And therefore, one or two or three or four tzaddikim will maintain the Brit as opposed to Noach, who didn't have a continuation. But you are guaranteed a continuation. Therefore, it's not going to go away. Because the answer is not so important as, I think, the question. Being a Ben Brit of God is extremely secure as long as the bit remains in existence, but there's a tenai. What is the bit based on? It's two-sided. Covenants are two-sided. Natural law is not, not two-sided. I don't have to tend to the sun for the sun to shine. I don't have to do anything to make it rain. But the covenant is totally dependent on my maintaining my side. And that introduces a note of insecurity which is super extremely frightening, extremely insecure. So therefore, it's necessary for God to add a point 
he says to Avraham Anochi magen lach schacha be maod. He says to him that although logically you're right, you don't have to worry about it. There might be ups and downs. You know, there's ups and downs. You know, there's galut. And Israel went into Galut in Bavel, and they said maybe we're going back to the astrological times, but it won't take place. Not only will we be dependent on God, but you will be dependent successfully on God, even in the bad times, because there will always be something remaining. That's a promise that God makes Avraham Avinu, Anochi Magain Lecha. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more in the series of Agadot Avraham Avinu, Koltov.